every moment spent in connection, reflecting on who we are and how we've grown, the moments that are full of joy and celebration, and then those moments that challenge us and ask us to change course, pivot in a new direction, and grow and change in ways that we never anticipated. Every moment spent in connection, sharing those reflections, coming together around shared experiences, changes who we are. Because it allows us to get to know who we are, to get to know our hearts, and it allows us to form connections and community around shared passions, interests, and joy. Welcome to Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Through conversations focusing on life's biggest lessons, this series will explore the joys we can find through these experiences and the connection and community we create through sharing our reflections. It's an open and honest look at the moments and lessons in our lives that impact us. Every episode features a conversation that will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, full of joy, and get you thinking about the experiences in your life and the lessons they've taught you. Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Welcome back to Lessons In. So on the podcast today, we are talking all about lessons in overcoming the fear of success. And I'm joined by Jessica Suarez. Jessica is an empowerment and self-sovereignty coach and tarot reader specializing in holding space for people who are ready to live a life by design and not default. Jessica is really passionate about helping individuals go from feeling lackluster, lost, and stifled by life to feeling empowered, confident, and liberated from the ties that bind us. Jessica really talks about in this episode a lesson that she's learned about overcoming the fear of success and why all fear really can be distilled down to the fear of losing love. Jessica shares why the fear of failure and the fear of success are really linked. I think often we talk a lot about this fear of failure, but not so much this fear of success. And she shares with us the connection between perception and receiving love, why trust and faith are the direct opposite of fear. I love this part of the conversation and the role of self-sovereignty in transforming our mindset and limiting beliefs. Jessica's reflections, her honesty and vulnerability in this episode will totally leave you feeling inspired and remind you that we are so much more powerful than we believe and that we can step into our own greatness. Ultimately, as Jessica shares, we can transform what we believe is limiting us into our most expansive beliefs. And really, it's up to us to empower ourselves through our journey. So if you follow Seek the Joy podcast on any of our social media channels, or if you're on our newsletter list, you already know the big news. I am hosting Seek the Joy Summer. It's a series, a virtual retreat to kick off the summer season. And my hope with this series and this retreat is that it will really inspire you to cultivate greater mindfulness, step into your joy, and really celebrate this new season. And you are invited. I am so excited to come together in community with you one more time this year to welcome in the warmth, freshness, and joy of the summer season. So from a beautiful solstice meditation and mindfulness chat, yoga flow, and conversation about community, sound healing, and workshops on sanctuary, the energy of the summer season, the power of play, and stepping into our self-care, I just know you're going to walk away from this series feeling refreshed 
energized, inspired, and just ready to bring a little bit more joy into your life. So to find out more and register today for free, head on over to seekthejoypodcast.com slash seekthejoysummer. I will also include the link in the show notes. We go live with this series on the summer solstice on June 20th. So make sure you register before then. I am just so excited about this series and our incredible guest speakers, and I just know you're all going to love it. So register at the link in our show notes, seekthejoypodcast.com slash seek the joy summer and I'll see you there. All right, that's it. That's all I've got to learn more about today's new episode with Jessica and our series Lessons In. Head on over to the website, seekthejoypodcast.com. Everything is right there. And as always, I would love to know what you think about today's new episode. So join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And wherever you're tuning in, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, hit follow or subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. You all know this, but ratings and reviews really help the show get seen by new people. So take a screenshot of that review, send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I'll send you something to say thank you. And it's always just such a great way to connect outside of the show. Last thing before I forget, Seek the Joy podcast is on YouTube. So you can watch my conversation with Jessica on YouTube. And while you're there, hit subscribe. We are so close to 100 subscribers and I would love it if you could help us get there. So without further ado, here is my really beautiful conversation with Jessica Suarez, all about overcoming the fear of success. So I think it's really interesting. So many of us often focus on this fear of failure. Is mm. it, are we going to land on our face? Is it going to go completely the opposite way that we want? But the opposite end of that is this fear of success, which I think mm. is really interesting. And so I'm curious, you know, just to start, what has your experience been like with fear mm. of success? I know you are an empowerment coach, self-sovereignty coach. I mean, you have an incredible story and background, but I'm curious where maybe this even fear of success, how has it played in, in your life? What role has it played? Yeah. So it's something I'm like incredibly passionate about. Right. And because I do think that fear of failure, fear of success are two sides of the same coin. They're not that far removed from each other. In my experience, the fear of success very often is tied to people that have the wound of um, being too much, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're very, they walk hand in hand. And that was, was as if we ever get rid of them. That was, is probably my big wound, right? Through work to work through in this lifetime. I grew up, I have always been like a very present, confident, loud, outspoken person, And I grew up in a society where that was really not accepted, specifically in my school environment, from women. It wasn't that they were, it wasn't overt, you know, it's not that people were Mm -hmm. like, no, you can't be all these things, but I felt it. I Mm -hmm. felt the the messaging. I got that messaging so many times, time and time again. Oh, you're such a show-off. Oh, Jessica takes on too many leadership roles. She's so bossy all of these things that I really internalize is that like my existence, my muchness takes up too much space from other people. For me, that was a key, right? Like no one wants to think or believe that they are hurting others by their mere existence. 
And so that's how I internalized that message. And then it began, it began to manifest as this fear of success. I'd be like, oh my gosh, okay, so what's going to happen if I get on the honor roll for the fifth time in a row? Or what's going to happen if I get into my dream school? What's going to happen if I get all these things that I want that I can get? Because I knew I had that. That's the thing. I never had the doubt in my skills or capabilities or intelligence. It was more so the repercussions of what mm. getting those things would be. Would it hurt people? Would it push people away? Ultimately, would I lose love? Right. And I think that that's so much how the fear of success manifests. It's like a protection method that we use for other people, even when it's our own projections onto the situation. What you said about would I lose love? If that just feels like a hold on, like we need to talk about that line, like what you just said for a second, because worrying about how we are received, not feeling that sense of love, not knowing our inherent worthiness based upon feeling like we're taking up too much space in the room. I know exactly what you're talking about, like this inherent judgment, I think that comes from other people just by you being yourself. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, does that come from their inherent judgment? And do they want to show up more fully as who they are? And they feel like they can't. And then that's projected onto other people. Is it cultural? Is it societal? Does it come from your family? But what you said about fearing that you would lose love, I think that is so interesting because often our success in life has equaled love. Like if you get a really good grade in school, oh my God, you get rewarded. Like mm -hmm. you get that praise. Or if you, you know, score that winning goal in soccer, you know, when you were 12, like everyone was like, oh my God, all this attention. So I just think it's a very interesting correlation. And something mm -hmm. I don't think we often think enough about is like this connection between how we're perceived and wanting, knowing, and receiving that element of love. Yeah, it is. It's, it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't, they're not really mutually exclusive, right? Like you can <clears throat> be scoring those winning goals or starting that super successful business and people can admire you while at the same time resenting you mm. or being jealous of you. And even if I think as we become older, like that, that's less of an issue, but with children, especially in school environments and when we're young, right, we, we, we don't have that ability to be the observer of our emotions. We just yeah. feel them. Right. So you do feel these things. It's like, oh, I did this thing and that made this person jealous or that hurt this person. And yes, absolutely. These are all like shadow projections onto other people. Right. Like anytime we're feeling that it's like, OK, I need yeah. to do some work with myself what am I projecting onto this other person? And I think that ultimately all the fears, like human fear mm -hmm. can be distilled down to the fear of losing love. Mm -hmm. Like we are creatures that need love to survive. We need belonging. Mm -hmm. And we have that like biologically wired. If I don't have love, I will die. Yeah. And yeah. what, what do we do? Survival. That is our drive. Survival, survival. So yeah, I think it's connected to so many fears and it's just like, it kind of like breaks my heart, you know, like mm -hmm. no one should walk around carrying that, that idea yeah. that they will lose love for simply existing mm -hmm. as who they are. Yeah. I think what you just said too, about this piece about belonging is really powerful and you're right. I mean, if we don't have that sense of connection or community with one another, we really can't survive. But then on the flip side, it almost becomes a survival instinct to minimize yourself, to hide yourself, to shrink yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think this sense of like survival 
is really key. And I think it has a lot to do with like how we were brought up. Like if you were criticized for being you, you're going to shrink yourself. And then that Mm -hmm. means you're going to shrink yourself in your relationships, at work, out onto the world. You're going to feel safer within your home probably than you do, you know, being, being out in the world. And I think it's almost, I feel like there's a mindset shift that has to happen, but it comes from doing, I think a lot of internal work. And I'm curious what your experience or your thoughts are on that. Like what kind of mindset shift has to take place and, um, how we can even go about doing that. I mean, it feels like such a loaded question, but I really feel like yeah. it's down to mindset. It's such a big question. I think, like you said, I, yes, I think very often when that happens, right? Like we're told we're too much. So in order to protect people, to protect ourselves, we shrink. Mm-hmm. The other side is, I also think we puff up. Like, mm-hmm. I think people do one of two, right? Like, I don't totally. think I really went into the shrink. Oh, I think you do both. Like there are areas in which I shrink but there are areas where I puffed up, Mm -hmm. where it became a weapon, right? Where it became like a hammer. Like Mm. if you're going to call me, may I swear on this podcast? Please go for it. Yeah. If you're going to call me a bitch, I'm going to be a bitch first Mm -hmm. so that when you call me a bitch, it doesn't hurt. Mm. Right. It's like, that's how the shadow operates. You're either going to do too much of it or shrink it back down. And we want to find that Goldilocks, that middle space, the balance of what is just you. It is just presence, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what people feel because there are some people that are huge. There are some people that are like, by society's definition, like such a bitch, but we love them because mm-hmm. that is who they are, right? Like it's not, it's not that they're putting on a mask or anything. And I think that's sort of where it starts the game, mm-hmm. how you start to work with it. You're just like, okay, where am I shrinking and where am I puffing it up? Where am I using it as a weapon? Because they're both out of alignment. They're both yeah. inauthentic. And getting down to the nitty gritty, right? Like, am I shrinking at school by not raising up my hand? Am I shrinking in my family by not saying this thing? Am I puffing up at work by making sure that I'm always the first one to respond, even if I have nothing to say? And getting really, really clear about those and then doing the work to get to get to the root of what is that belief that's driving it, right? Like for me, it was just like, my existence hurts people, right? And then finding evidence in support or in contrary to that. Very rarely will you find evidence in support of your limiting beliefs, right? You might find one or two because we still live in a world and people have projections, but you'll find so much pieces of evidence that are in the contrary, right? And then you begin to work with that limiting belief and you transform it into what I like to call an expansive belief, right? Mm. Like what would the opposite of that be? By being myself, I hurt people. The opposite of that really is By being myself, I free people. I love people. I give them the permission to be themselves. And that already, oh, like in my body, that already feels different, right? Like the energy of that is so different. And then switching that mindset mindset piece, absolutely. And then adding in the somatic therapy, right? Like I am everything we experience in the body, embodiment work, somatic practices, breath work, movement is so big for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest reason of why I healed and I'm healing. Don't like to ever say healed. Cause I'm like, well, it's always the journey a journey continues. Always a journey. Exactly. Yeah, it continues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But feeling it, working on the mindset and then releasing it through the body, mm-hmm. I think are the two key, key. I love what you said about it, switching that limiting belief to an expansive belief, because mm-hmm. for me, so much of what you just shared feels like a journey of empowering yourself. Mm 
of looking at that core wound, which in, and I'll just go with what we've been talking about, which Mm is, um, if I'm, if I'm myself, I'm hurting others, looking at that limiting belief, that core wound and finding a way to flip it on its head so that it's expansive. And so that you are empowering yourself and inherent within empowerment is permission. Yes. And inherent with permission is a sense of trust, which I think is so interesting. We don't trust ourselves. And when we don't trust ourselves, we sink into those limiting beliefs. We sink into that feeling like I can't be me. I can't show up in a way that is authentic to me. I'm going to shrink or I'm going to puff myself up. I'm going to hurt somebody else before they hurt me. This sense of trust feels like the root of it all because trust permission, empowerment. It's so interesting. Yeah. Trust. I love that you said that word. I say this word all the time, right? Like I, even yesterday on my Instagram, I was talking about core values Mm. with my people and people were sharing their core values. And then on my list of top 10, I don't actually have love. Love is not on my core values list. Wow. Trust is because in the way that I don't think that You know, we like to think about love and hate as opposites. Mm -hmm. And now we've begun to move into like love and fear, right? Like I think in at least in our space, most people are understanding that it really is love or fear. And in the same way that I think that fear is a root of hate and then everything that emerges from that trust is the root of love. Mm -hmm. You can't have real trust with fear in it. It just doesn't exist. So when I'm like, it's not that love is not a core value. It's that it's that deeper level. It's that trust faith, faith. What is that? What does it feel like? And that activates me more than love. I love love, but love can sometimes be nebulous and people can sometimes think of love as like emotion, this energy. And I'm like, it's it's really an action. Like it's active. Mm -hmm. It takes choice and it takes commitment. Whereas trust I feel, or faith is the direct corollary to fear. It is what you need to heal fear, to like dissolve fear. This is so good. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, this is so good because faith is actually, even I think at the root of trust, just like you said, this belief that you can do it, this belief in yourself, the belief that things will go so much better, I think, than you could ever imagine. So interesting that you said love was not one of those core values. I had never thought about this before as trust and (laughs) faith and everything else in between being sort of the foundation of love. You're right though, when you say that love is an action, you have to show up, you have to do the work, you have to show it, but also allow yourself to receive it. Receive it. Mm -hmm. And part of that I think is trust and faith too. So interesting. It is all connected. Yeah. So connected and so hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like in it, I think it can be easier sort of to fall into this, like, Oh, self-love, self-love, give love. Whereas it's harder to really trust yourself, right? Yes. To fully go against the grain. Like a mm-hmm. hundred people are going left and you're going to go right. And in order to do that, you have to really, really be connected with yourself mm-hmm. and understand also which parts of you are going to act out of trauma and conditioning, right? Societal, media, all of the big conditionings and what is really yours. Like what is your soul? Because that's at the heart of trust, right? And I yeah. think that that is sort of like where the deeper juicier work can happen. Yeah. It's about, I think what's authentic to you and what's authentic Mm. to your preferences and authentic to, um, who you are. And part of that 
real recognizing of what is authentic to you comes from, for me at least, has come from an inward journey of getting to know myself, of beginning to trust myself and knowing that despite any conditioning, any messages I received growing up, either from family or society, I don't have to always integrate them. I can, if I want to, it's a choice, but at the end of the day, I get to decide how much space I want to take up in a room, what I want to do with my life, how I want to show up in my relationships. And it's this level of ownership too, that I think is really interesting when it comes to fear of failure or fear of success, or just fear in general is what is it that you want to own as your own? Like Mm -hmm. what perceptions, what like way of showing up in the world, what conditioning, what do you want to integrate as your own? And what do you want to like leave at the door and kind of say goodbye to? For me, that's been a journey in recognizing that I even could do that. Like it took me years to realize like, oh, I can leave some of this stuff at the door. I don't have to carry it with me. It's not my baggage forever. And it's so hard. And, you know, a lot of people because of the circumstances that they grew up in, simply don't have the ability to see the world that way that we have to understand as well, right? Like circumstantial realities, right? We go into Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I talk about this all the time. If people are worried about their physiological needs, food, safety, rent, I can't begin to talk to them about like self-actualization up here because it's just- Absolutely not. No way. Makes no sense. But we are at this place where it's just like, once you reach that level and you do have that moment where you're like, wait, hold on. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love that moment. Like I just got chills. It's so, you're just like, wait, this is true empowerment. This is true sovereignty, right? When you are the only one you can be accountable to. I say this all the time. I'm like, when you reach that phase, you can't blame anyone anymore. There's no more victim mindset. It becomes removed. Mm-hmm. So you can't blame anyone anymore. And at the same time, the only person you have to celebrate, you get to celebrate when the winds come through is you. Mm-hmm. And that is like, for me, true empowerment. Mm. There's such a sense of sovereignty and relationship within that too, because I think we often worry, at least I've had moments where I worry like, oh my God, what if this actually goes the way I want? <laughs> like, what does yeah. that look like? Fears and then I, fears, exactly. And then I, and it's this moment of, well, if it goes exactly how I want, then I have to actually celebrate myself, which is hard. I'm going to admit it's very difficult to celebrate ourselves. And I've had this conversation with so many people recently. That would mean I actually have to step into celebrating myself, step into recognizing myself, and then step out of any sense of victim mentality Mm -hmm. or blaming others. And recognizing that you would have to make that shift. I don't have the right words to describe it, but I just know it sometimes it feels intimidating. Like, oh my God, I got to celebrate myself and let go of the things that no longer serve me. Okay. No, it's it's scary, right? Because <laughs> like back to what we were talking about at the beginning, humans, we are conditioned for survival, right? Yes. That's what our ego does. That's what our biological does. It is survival. And survival for us means knowing. Yeah. Knowing, having that clear knowledge, right? So even if the thing we know is actually quite shitty and doesn't feel great mm-hmm. and it's not serving us in any way, it is much preferred to the thing we don't know. Exactly. Because we know it. We're comfortable with it. Exactly. We, we like have made our bed in it. We know the <laughs> way around. Like the minute you have to let go of something that no longer serves you and you recognize it doesn't serve you, you're like, 
oh my God, I got to learn how to make my bed in a new space. This is like moving apartments. Like I got to pack everything up and go. It's a lot. And we it's a lot. Intimidated, but I think it's recognizing that you can do it. You're capable and that you're not defined by the storyline you had before. I think that's so much of it is like knowing that you can redefine yourself and define yourself the way in which that you want to in a way that aligns for you, that you don't have to hold on to a storyline that actually isn't you or doesn't serve you or you've outgrown. And even mm-hmm. having that light bulb moment is like, well then, okay. <laughs> like I'm gonna run with this. This is weird, but yeah. we're gonna do it. And I think that plays so much into this fear of success and fear of failure too, is the way in which we've defined ourselves around both ends of the coin. Absolutely. And then, you know, the that sort of feeling that comes up of like, oh, okay, now I have to redefine myself. Mm-hmm. What are other people going to think? What's like past me going to think, right? Like, because yes. we we hold these, we hold ourselves to these expectations that we have yeah. placed on ourselves, that other people have placed on us. And then we live long lives to think that we would never change or evolve our desires or who we are is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But it comes that point, you know, maybe one day you wake up and you're 28 and you're like, oh, I hate this life I built for myself. I actually hate it, mm-hmm. but- now I have to rebuild a whole new one and I have to tell my best friend and my mom and my past self that everything that I've been working on until now, I don't want anymore. That's scary. Like it's understandable, the resistance. Yeah. yeah. It's a reckoning almost <laughs> like, and I've had certainly moments like that in my life where I realized like I was attaching myself to a version of me that doesn't exist yeah. or that was somebody else's hopes and dreams for me. And I've had to kind of just like lovingly say, you know what, everything I've done up until that point has served a purpose. It may not be the mm-hmm. purpose I originally intended, but nonetheless, it serves a purpose and I'm going to take it with me and it's all preparation and fuel for where I'm mm-hmm. going and what I'm going to do. But even having that moment with yourself, yeah. ooh, talk about embracing yourself and talk about letting go of any self-judgment. Yeah. 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 Definitely letting go of that self-judgment. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, what has surprised you the most about this journey, I think, navigating for yourself and then with others, this fear of success and fear of failure. Is there anything about it that has surprised you or or that you just didn't expect? I mean, I didn't expect that I had that fear at all, mm-hmm. right? Like it wasn't something that I was super conscious of also because it's not a fear we talk as much about, right? So I think that a lot of us, like at least like later high school, college years, we can sort of come into relationship with those other fears that are more commonly spoken, our fear of rejection, failure, abandonment, any of those. But this is one that people just don't really talk about, right? Because no. even just bringing it up makes you kind of sound like an asshole. Like sometimes some people are going to be like, wait, what? What are you afraid of? You're like, oh, you're afraid of like success. You're afraid of good things happening to you. Yes, it feels freaking intimidating. Like, are you kidding me? Like showing up as my fullest self and people embracing it. Like, hello. Exactly. I think we all feel this way at some point. hundred percent. I agree. And because it isn't like a, like it's a, it's a weird one to dissect, right. To get to the layers of. And so it wasn't one that I came into contact with until like a few years into my like intentional healing and personal growth journey. And when I did, I was like, Whoa, what? Like, this is all. And like tying it back mm-hmm. to that wound of too muchness. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, because like I said, my default was actually to puff up. Right. Like I, 
have always been very smart. I never tried to stop being less smart. Like it was one of those that I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to own the smartness. Mm -hmm. I did like weird little things or shrinking. Like I wouldn't turn in my tests, even though I finished first, because I like work very fast, but I wouldn't turn them in first all the time because I didn't want people to be like, oh, look, there she's showing off, turning in her tests fast. There she goes again, being the first one. (laughs) Get it. That is how my mind was like processing it. Yeah. And then realizing that that was so much because of the messaging that I had received from my teachers or like I wasn't safe for other people or that my existence hurt other people. I was mean, my space, like I was taking away from someone else every time I was getting success and realizing that correlation was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's all tied. Um, so yeah, I think that would be the most surprising thing of the journey was really the discovery of that fear. I don't think you're alone. I have a funny feeling anybody who is listening to this right now is also having a light bulb moment as I've had through oh. our conversation of being like, oh, wait, this might be me too. Like, and because you're right, it's not a fear that we often talk about. We talk about fearing failure, but we don't talk yeah. about fearing success. Jessica, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. There is so much value and wisdom in the last whatever time we just spent together. I'm so grateful because like I said, it's it's not something that we often talk about. I think in a lot of ways it feels sort of like, is this a word like self-grandiose? Yes, like yes, I exactly. don't even know, but it's just the word that keeps popping up in my head. It feels like, it just feels like, oh, this is not something we talk about, but I think it's important yeah. because if we're holding ourselves back from being who we really are and allowing ourselves and our light to shine the brightest, we're not only doing ourselves a disservice, but I think we're doing others a disservice as well um, because we learn and we grow from one another. And if we're all showing up as our best, brightest selves, I think the world is going to become a much better, happier, more peaceful place in due time. So thank you for this conversation. Absolutely. My pleasure. Where can everybody find you, connect and, uh, and learn more? Yes. So I actually do have a like mini course about overcoming the fear of success. If anyone is interested in just like dipping their toe in, it's a mini course. It's two hours. Um, but I am most present on the interwebs on Instagram. You can find me at the Jessica Swadish. And I am also, my website is jessicaswadishcoaching.com. I'm pretty easily accessible. Facebook, my same name. I'm really most present on Instagram though. So follow me there. Send me a DM. If you're like, wait, I had this amazing light bulb moment. Actually, please let me know. Cause I do yes. love talking about this fear and this whole, you know, thing. I was gonna say issue. It's not really an issue. This whole experience that we yeah. go through this journey with other people. So yeah. yeah. Slide into Perfect. my DMs. Perfect. Say. Everything's going to be linked in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to connect with you and, and hopefully share this like bulb moment with you, because I agree. I think it's not an issue. I think it's an opportunity to further embrace our journey and allow ourselves to, to shine for lack of a better word. So Jessica, thank you. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed this. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much, Sydney. This was, oh, this was such a wonderful like start to my evening and end to my work day. I love it. This wasn't even work. <laughs> it wasn't. No, not at all. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha